Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.15. I'd look on the screen. You can take notes, but I'd look on the screen because we got uh, some different translations. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. In the New Living says, He died for everyone, talking about the Lord. He died for everyone so that, everybody say, so that. Okay, it's going to tell us why. That those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. Let's look at it again. He died for everyone so that those who receive His new life. How many have received His new life? Raise your hand if you've received the new life. In other words, you're a born-again child of God. Say, I'm a new creation, and I have the life of God in me. Amen. So we have that new life, right? Everyone in here right now has that new life. And it says here, those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Believe it or not, there was a time that we all lived for ourselves. There was a time that we were our own little world. You ever see a a four-year-old and notice that the world revolves around them? Right? Everything is mine, I want. It's like the whole world is waiting on them, you know. And then what happens when you grow up? You realize that's not really the case. That's not really the way things are supposed to be. And an adult does what? An adult realizes that and doesn't have the whole world focused on them. Instead, they focus outward. That's what we should be doing anyway as an adult. But here we see that we have this new life. And what are we to do with this new life? We're to what? No longer live for ourselves. That means we're aware that we were. Or maybe there are areas in our life we are. How many got room to grow? we got room to grow and so there's probably areas in our life that we are living for ourselves but the bible says here that instead everybody say instead so we're instead of doing that we are to what live for christ live for christ my message today is live for jesus today okay that's the title live for jesus today everybody say today Now, tomorrow, we can say today, tomorrow, can't we? (laughs) And the day after that, we can say today, okay? What I'm focused on is today, all right? Not tomorrow, today, but every day becomes a what? Today, all right? So, the Word of God says, this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. That scripture comes to mind to me a lot first thing in the morning. In fact, I'll be in the shower and I just that's the first thought that comes to me. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. In other words, I'm going to make a decision. That this day was given to me. It belongs to the Lord. He has a plan. And I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to use this day. And you know, the Bible tells us that every day His mercies are new. Every morning. Say it with me. Every morning His mercies for me are new. Isn't that good? You get to start over every day. In other words, you don't live in the past. God's not concerned with yesterday. You know the one thing that you can't do in the Bible that you see with God? He doesn't go in the past and fix things. 
The past is the past. It is history. It's gone. It's over. But there's a lot said about our future. There's a lot said about today and what we can do today to impact what's ahead of us. And God will even give glimpses to us of our future. And uh, what, what I'm trying to say is today we need to live for Jesus. Isn't that what the scripture said? So in other words, we are to live, we need to wake up in the morning and say, okay, today I'm going to live for Jesus. And you know, you have to, the, the word of God says in the New Testament, the new covenant, that we're to put on the new man. How many of you get dressed every day? Now, you get dressed, you put on clothes. You made a decision, this is what I'm going to wear, and that's what you're going to put on, and that you put on your clothes to prepare to go for your day. Well, the Word of God says that we're to put on the new man. We're to be conscious. We're, we're to be aware of who we are in Christ. That we're not just the average normal person out there. You're not normal anymore. Isn't that wonderful news? You're not normal. Say, I'm not normal. You're not. You ever you think, I wonder if I'm normal. You're not. Don't worry about it, you weirdo. Now, why are you weird? Because you have Jesus and you're not like everybody else. Because you're living for the Lord. Well, a lot of the world is what? Living for themselves. You have a greater purpose. You have something to look forward to. My life is not my own. It belongs to Him. And so every morning we should get up and live for Jesus. Everybody say, today. Everybody say it again, today. That's what I want to get in your heart, today. All right. Not concern myself with tomorrow or the next day, because guess what? Today will be here tomorrow. <laughs> we'll wake up in the morning. Say, thank God I woke, I'm here, and today begins. And we start all over again. Live for Jesus. Everybody say it, today. All right. So what I want to do is give you five ways that you can live for Jesus today, or five things you should apply in your life that will help you live for Jesus again today. Okay? Today. All right, number one, look to Jesus today. So we're looking at today So we're looking to Jesus today. The number one thing we do. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. Looking unto Jesus. Notice that. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. That is the number one thing we should do. Look unto Jesus. Many Christians, listen guys, many Christians, you you consider yourself, look to other sources. They look for almost everything sometimes besides the Lord, who has all the answers. They'll listen intently to doctors, no matter what that doctor says. After all, he's got doctor in front of his name. And so we listen to it like they're the Lord. Thus saith, you know, am I wrong? That's how people look at it. I mean, well, the doctor said, or the lawyer said, or a minister said, I'm talking about myself. You ought to be looking to Jesus, not me. I don't have the ability to meet your needs, but the Lord does. Amen? So we look unto Jesus. He has the answers. Sometimes people look to their friends. They look to, they'll go to the internet. 
Have you ever done that? You're trying to find an answer. And psh, 750,000 answers show up for what your, you know, your question is. And guess what? They're about as loony tune as you are. I mean, some of them, jeez. I mean, they're all over the place. No, you can't do that. You need to go to Jesus. How many know He's the same yesterday, today, and forever? He doesn't change. He doesn't change because the climate changed. He doesn't change because culture changes. He doesn't change because time changes. He's the same. We can count on Him. He's faithful. Amen? He's faithful. The Word tells us this. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Who are we to go to when we have help? The first person you should go to is the Lord. Very first. Very first. See, if we go to the Lord last and we go to everyone else, guess what? We're probably going to be disappointed. We're probably not going to get the answers or we're going to waste a whole lot of time. Man, I tell you what, guys, listen carefully. Go to Jesus. He understands what difficulties we face better than anyone. The Word tells us, right before I read that verse in Hebrews 4, in verse 15, the Bible talks about Him becoming a man, becoming human. Why did He do that? Part of the reason was so we could understand how it feels to be us. That it's not just God saying, come on guys, suck it up. You know, he's not doing that. He understands where we're at. He understands our emotions. He understands pain. He understands um, loss. He understands all these things. And so we can go to the Lord knowing he fully can grasp anything we can tell him. He can help us. How many of you believe that Jesus knows more than you? He knows everything about everything. And here we are going on the internet to look for an answer. Or going to a doctor or a lawyer. And I'm not saying they don't have their place. But if you go to the Lord first, everybody say first. If we go to the Lord first and ask Him for help, then He can direct us if there's some natural area to get help from. He'll say, go go to that lawyer Go to that doctor. How many of you believe that there's the doctor and there are doctors? Right? I want to go to the doctor that can help me. <laughs> Not a bunch of doctors. Right? And so we need to understand that when we have a need, when we have a challenge, when we're facing life and life is filled with challenges and difficulties, that he is more than capable of helping us. And he wants to help us. God is never going to say this to you. I didn't know that. <laughs> now, listen, you guys got to think about that. Let me say it again because you really need to soak it in. God is never going to be surprised. He's never going to say, oh, wow, I'm not sure what we should do. <laughs> He's never going to do that. You're never going to shock him. You're never going to wow and catch him by surprise. He knows everything. Isn't it ridiculous that here we are running around crazy trying to solve our problems and the God who knows everything said invited us to the throne room to help him solve a problem. And you know the amazing thing is this guys is that sometimes I just run out of words with something like this because he has all the answers and here we are trying to search through all the books to find the answers. 
when all we have to do is go to him. And he will lead us and guide us. Isn't that what he promised? He said he'd never leave us. He would never forsake us. So while help from others is appreciated and it's good, real lasting help can only come from the Lord. Real lasting help. Amen? I don't know about you, but I don't like to waste time. Anybody here like to waste time? All right. No, no one took me up on it, really. That's pretty good. You guys pay attention, you know. So, because usually I have like three or four. Yeah, I love to waste time. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, but we don't like to waste time. But have you ever wasted time trying to solve problems on your own? And then, then you can go to the Lord in two seconds. He gives you an answer. Ah, you know, I could have done that four hours ago. I could have skipped going to that store, that store, that store, that store, and went right to the one who had what I needed. But see, you didn't give the Lord any opportunity, and He's not rude. He's not going to interrupt you. He'll let you run around. Look, have you remember when you were a parent looking at your little kids, and you're like, "Let me help you." No. Okay. <laughs> and you just stand there, and they're just spending hours trying to do something, and finally they give up. And they come up to you and you help me and you two seconds later. <laughs> They're just, wow, you're amazing. Well, I'm there to help. And God knows far more than any normal earthly natural parent. Amen? Micah 7, 7, if you want to write that down. Micah 7, 7 says, Therefore, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Amen? Isn't that good news? Number two, what we can do again to live for Jesus today. Number two, learn from Jesus today. Learn. These are things you practice every day. Look to Jesus today. Second, learn from Jesus today. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Colossians 3, verse 16. We're not going to read the whole verse, but I want to read the first part. I want you to notice it. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ, we can get so caught up in the verse and it sounds so pretty, (laughs) the rest of it. But I want you just for a moment, just to look at that verse. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, right there. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. What does richly mean? Richly means abundantly, overflowing. There's more than enough. So what does it mean? Let the Word of Christ get in you in abundance. Let it just saturate. Let it just get into every part of your life, in your thinking, in your heart, in your mouth. Let the Word of Christ, say it with me, let the Word of Christ dwell in me richly. So what is he saying? Get the Word of God in you. Get the Word of God in you. Now, there's a, a, we could go on and on and on about the benefits of getting the Word of God in, but the fact is this, we're focusing on teaching, the Lord teaching us stuff. Some Christians neglect the Word of God. They're simply too involved with their own personal things, their personal pursuits. They, well, i got to do this, and i got to do this, and i got to do that. Well, some of those things are by choice. So they choose to neglect the Word of God. Whether they realize it or not, they've chosen to neglect the Word of God over these other things. Yet, what does the Word tell us? Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. We wonder sometimes while we're, why are we spiritually anemic? Seems like we're doing pretty good, but we just don't have the energy, the power to overcome every area in life. That's because we're trying to do what we're doing without the Lord. 
See, if we're going to obey the Lord, we have to let the Word of God get in us in abundance. That means, like I said, you're reading it, you're speaking it, you're hearing it, you're digesting it, you're getting it in your spirit. You're full of the Word of God. And that Word of God, the life of God, is going to go to work in you. It's going to teach you. How can the Holy Ghost, listen to me, I read an article, I think, one time written by a a, a good minister, and he said this, trying to explain how God teaches us. And he said this, somebody would say, how many would agree, God knows everything? Right? Nothing confounds him. He knows everything. Everybody in agreement on there? All right. Now, you don't. Will we all be in agreement there? All right? So he knows everything, and you don't. In fact, you know very little, okay? Very, 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 very little compared to what he knows. All right? Now, if I was taking, let's just say, algebra, okay? How many loved algebra when you were in high school? Fine. You weirdo. All right. You know, how do I know you're weird? You're the only two. Put your hands up. Now, So for most of us, algebra was a pain in the neck. Why do I need to know this? I mean, it's hard. It just doesn't make sense. A plus B? Who's doing that? You know? Anyway, so I need to pass the test. And I'm not getting it. But I'm just going to pray. The Lord knows everything, doesn't He? And He said I could ask Him for help and He'd give it to me. So I said, Lord... Help me with my algebra. Just give me everything I need. God could give you every answer. Here's the problem. It would be like Chinese to you. Because you don't understand algebra. You don't understand the language. So even if he was sharing every answer with you, you still... Are you talking English? Am I right? In other words, what I'm trying to say is, The way God works sometimes, He has to take other avenues just because sometimes, I guess, our pure stupidness. I don't know how else to say it. He knows. Can you imagine God having a conversation with us and we're trying to wow Him with what we know? I mean... I, I, (laughs) I mean, you could take the greatest genius who ever lived on this planet. And he's like a three-year-old in the mind of God trying to color inside the lines. No matter with what he told God. Because, oh wow, son, that's just wonderful. And it's so elementary. It's, so, it's like moving rocks and dirt. I mean, to God, because God, think about it for a moment. Isn't God gracious to us? The God of all creation who knows everything wants to talk and spend time with me. And I am like, That's why you would ask, why would you want to? (laughs) I mean, I'm certainly not challenging your intelligence by any means. I mean, we're not actually having a conversation that I'm like, he's like, wow. (laughs) Y'all getting what I'm saying? I'm not trying to demean us. I'm trying to say how big he really is. Well, the fact, how did I get over on that? Oh, yes, we're learning from him, all right? The fact is, is that, There is a process that needs to take place, but part of it is getting His Word in us so that He can do something with it. How can the Holy Spirit remind us of a Scripture if we didn't know about the Scripture? How can He teach me algebra if I don't understand the basics of algebraic language? How can He direct me in life and show me what's right and wrong according to the Word of God if I've never read that area? 
The whole, in other words, listen to me carefully. I just stop and think about this for a moment. Try to describe a tree to someone who's never seen a tree. If you've never, ever, 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 ever seen a tree, how would you describe that to someone? Because they would think, you weirdo. You mean it comes out of the ground? They, they have no image, nothing to set it against, you know? I remember a missionary one time going to Guatemala back in the 70s, and he gets in there and he's, he's sharing a story about how he went to the moon. And he's using that as an illustration to explain some things with God. Well, at the end of the meeting, <laughs> at the end of the meeting, a bunch of the people that they were talking about came up to him. What kind of voodoo is he talking about? We talking about going to the moon. No one's been to the moon. You can't go to the moon. See, they had no idea we went to the moon. Did that make any sense? That illustration to them, they had no connect rockets. I mean, spacemen. You know, I mean, they they just. It meant nothing to them. In fact, it looked like voodoo to them. It was some weird witch talk, you know. And so he, he, this missionary realized, I need to tone it back a little bit <laughs> and rethink the crowd I'm talking to and what they can receive. The fact is, is that God knows so much, and we know or our capacity right now is very, very narrow. Very, very narrow. And so he has to work with us through his word, to get to us, to help us. So why is it important that we get the Word of God in us, in our heart, so that He can talk to us? How will I know what He sounds like if He's talking if I've not heard much of what He has to say? You understand what I'm saying? We want to get that Word in us. The Word of God is also the life of God. It will help us. But sometimes, again, we can be so busy that we don't take time to get in the Word, doing busy work. In other words, what I mean is not productive work, leaving very little time for the Lord. Listen, if we're going to live for Jesus today, we have to spend time in His Word. If we are to live for Jesus today, we must read and meditate on His Word, which again teaches us how to live victoriously over sin, self, and Satan. Romans 15.4 in the NIV says this, It says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. The Bible is there not just to be a wonderful book, but it is to be the manual, so to speak, we live our life by. But it can't just be something that we reference occasionally. It is something that we get into all the time. And so, if we're going to learn from Jesus today, we must continually be dwelling in the Word of God. Number three, lean on Jesus today. Lean on Jesus today. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The fact is, Christians fail when they lean on their own power, when they lean on their own knowledge, when they lean on their own position or whatever in life, when they lean on their own possessions. Instead of trusting God financially, they lean on their stuff and what they can do. The fact is, every single thing in this world you can lean on will fail eventually. It's not the way to go. Jesus said, Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who are troubled and weighted down with care, and I will give you rest. Here it is. Jesus 
The King of Kings is opening His arms to us, saying, come to me with the problem. Come to me with the challenge. Lean on me. I can handle it. How many know Jesus is not going to fall over? He can handle our care. He can handle the difficulty. No matter what we throw at Him, we must trust in Jesus today. He enables us to accomplish our task and bear our responsibilities. Listen carefully. Jesus, in a moment of time, can do what it takes us a lifetime to accomplish. Let me say that again. Jesus, in a moment of time, can do what it would take us a lifetime to accomplish. So lean on Him. Psalm 3740 says, And the Lord shall help them, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in Him. So what are we saying? Trust in Him. Lean on Him, and He will help you. But if you decide to lean on everything else but him, he's standing on the sidelines and can carry and shoulder the entire weight. In fact, what I'm saying is let him do more of the work. He's bigger than you. He knows more than you. We don't listen to me. We're not here to manage our own life. How many agree? We're not very good at it. I mean, we're really not. But if we trust in the Lord, if we pursue Him, if we do what we're saying every day and give Him room to work in our life, He can do some amazing things. He can take such relief off of you. He doesn't want you, listen to me, He doesn't want you burdened down. He doesn't want you worrying. That's why He said, don't be afraid, don't worry. That's a command, don't worry. But yet, Christians let worry and fear into their life all the time. That's something that you are not meant to carry. The Lord doesn't want you carrying that. We're not designed and equipped for it. That's why it does so many harmful things to us. Number four, lift with Jesus today. Lift with Jesus today. 2 Corinthians 6.1 As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Notice the beginning. As God's co-workers. Say it with me. I'm a co-worker with God. Now say it like you mean it this time. I'm a co-worker with God. That's what we're doing. We're not working alone. We're working together with God. Work with God. I love that. He can pick up a greater load than you can. You know, if you ever went out and did some work with someone that was considerably uh, bigger or stronger than you, you realize they can bear more of the burden than you can. Well, God can handle a whole lot. He can do a whole lot. And we can accomplish so much more with Him instead of trying to force things on our own. Many of you, you just don't even stop and let Him in. Let Him work with you. It's not just about spiritual things. It's about everything in life. Before you do something, before you make a decision, before you're going to sit down and plan your finances, get your coworker involved. He knows more than you. He can help you. And guess what? He's not even asking to split it with you. <laughs> In fact, when you think about it, the only thing the Lord asks specifically from us is what? The tithe. And He only asked for 10%. He could have asked for 80 and told us to keep the 20 but instead he said, no, just want 10%. What are we doing when we tithe? We are, we are working with our co-worker. We are partnering with God financially. We are getting him involved in our life. And he's a partner that only is, has our best interest in mind. 
He's not out to steal from us or take anything from us. How many know He's a good God? And He wants the best for you. He wants everything good in your life. And He wants things good in your life. Why? Because if things are good in your life and you're stable in every area of life, you can help Him do what He likes to do. What does He like to do? He likes to reach people, right? He wants the gospel to go around the world. Well, you can't do that poor. You're not much of a witness vocally, and you're not, you can't help financially. And so he wants, believe it or not, God wants every Christian healthy, wealthy, and wise. He wants them strong. Why? So they can do the work of serving. So they can, they can do the things that he likes to do. The fact is, get God involved in your work, and you'll accomplish a great deal more without wearing yourself out. Get him involved. He'll give you witty ideas. Just like this parking lot thing. We've been praying off and on for a while. And every once in a while I'll get an idea. It just pops up and I see something. And I'll run it by someone. So what do you think of this? You know. And then when I had the idea the other day. Again, I didn't get in a hurry. I got God involved by praying. And then he just started dropping things in me and I could see things different than I saw I'm like how did I not see this before how did I not and no one saw it in the church no one saw it it just the Lord had to open our eyes to think differently how many believe God thinks differently it's not that he thinks differently he just knows it all and he shares a little bit of it and we're wowed (laughs) you know wow Lord thank you so much And it was just a little drop of knowledge. No big deal for him. You know, I heard a preacher one time, he was praying. He wanted to grow his ministry to get into, um, it was a big ministry, big evangelistic ministry. And they were, he he called it a million dollar flow. And what he he meant is millions of dollars were coming in, millions of dollars were going out. And he, he was contemplating and thinking about a billion dollar flow. Think about what he could do if a billions of dollars were coming in and billions of dollars were going out and so he's sitting he said he he was sitting on his bed just sitting there thinking about ways to make that happen in other words how could he initiate it how could he and he he had like one maybe two ways he thought maybe this could happen and the lord spoke to him and said what are you doing he said well now does the lord know what he's doing see when the lord asks you what are you doing? You better pay attention because obviously he knows what you're doing. But he does that. And he said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm, I'm figuring out ways to get the ministry in a billion-dollar flow. He wasn't doing it because he was greedy. He wanted to do more. He wanted to reach farther. And so, and he told the Lord, he said, I can only think of a couple of ways. And the Lord spoke to him and said, well, I can think of 1,000 ways right now. Just like that. Just 1,000 ways. And he realized he's been agonizing and thinking and forcing for days and days and days. And came up with one or two ways. And the Lord said, in a second, not even a second, puts in his heart. I, I know 1,000 ways right now to get a billion dollars in your hands. And I'm thinking, do you know how much more we can accomplish with the Lord than without him? But we've got to get him involved. You've got to invite him. You've got to connect with him. And you can't just say, well, Lord, I, I want your ideas, but I want to do it my way. It doesn't work that way. He's a partner. Everybody say partner. A co-worker, right? He's working alongside you. Isn't that wonderful? 
He's available. We're not alone. Jesus is with us and within us, and he will enable us to accomplish his plans and his purposes in the earth. Philippians 4.13 tells us, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And lastly, number five, love as Jesus today. Love as Jesus today. We're talking about live for Jesus today. So love as Jesus today. Ephesians 5, 2 in the New Living says, live a life filled with love. I love that right there. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Christ loved us so much that he died on the cross taking our place. Well, we are to love God and love others the same way. We taught a couple weeks ago, love demands action. In other words, we're to love in action, not just in words. What, what you demonstrated yesterday at the memorial service and, and, and helping and feeding the family and being a blessing was a demonstration of love. That was love in action. Every day, everybody say every day, because we're talking about what? Today, all right? And every day has got a new today. Every day, every today, look for opportunities. Look for opportunities to love, to bless, to give, to help, to lift up others. The Lord will reveal them to you if you're hungry for them, if you're willing. But if you just want to go about your life, you know, wearing blinders on each side so I can go to work and I can come home and I can do this and I don't want to think about anybody, I don't want to, you know, that kind of thing, then that's going to be how things are. But if you'll open up your heart and you'll be looking around, He will reveal areas that you can be such a tremendous blessing to others. That's how we share the love of God. He might speak to you a little thing like, bring something over to so-and-so. You know, you don't have to wait for a special event to bless someone. Sometimes I think we get that in our head, that we have to have a special occasion. How about just any time? The Lord says, you know what? I want you to give $20 to so-and-so. You don't have to broadcast or tell anybody about it. We used to call that a Pentecostal handshake where I was from. In other words, you just, you know, you just sat in your hand, you just let go when they, you know, we just wanted to bless you and just walk away. Didn't need any credit, didn't need praise. Sometimes we'd sneak it to someone else and say, you give this to so-and-so. Or leave it in their car, an envelope, and kind of, you know, where no one knew. Why? We don't need to get any credit. It's Jesus doing it. How many know Jesus wants to bless people? And he wants to bless people through you. That's how that he gets the credit for what you do. You do it in the name of the Lord. Amen? I think we need to have a whole lot of that around here more. How many would agree? Just spontaneous blessing. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I remember a service we had. My pastor, he, for two years on Sunday nights, taught on giving, on the subject in the area of giving. And he only started out with five messages, and he didn't think much of them when he started. And uh, the Lord said, don't worry, you do your part, I'll do mine. And every week he would give new revelation and share things. And every Sunday night, we would have a second offering, believe it or not. We had a service, we had a normal offering, and a second offering. So on a Sunday, that was the third offering. And that second one, he would tell you, you listen to the Lord and do what, he, you're not tithing then, you're just giving, and that's what he was teaching on. He gave us an opportunity to act on the Word of God. We did that for two years and saw some amazing things happen in this church. I mean, paid off whole ministry buildings without even trying. 
I mean, did amazing things and missions and all these different things. We were blessing other ministries in town and helping them. And God was prospering the church. And one Sunday morning, I mean, the Spirit of God just moved spontaneously across the crowd. He never got to preach. We had worship. We stopped. And he was about to preach. And this man steps, says, Pastor, 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 I know I wouldn't normally do this, but I really feel the Spirit of God telling me to do something. And he said, well, go ahead. He said, I have a car that I believe the Lord wants someone in this church to have. And all of a sudden, someone popped up over there. They needed a car. And then all of a sudden, it was a fridge. And it was this. And it was that. And it was this. And it was that. The whole service was giving spontaneously. I mean, we never had preaching. We never had anything. An hour. Of this thing going on where, I mean, it was just, it was amazing. No one was out there to just do something to be seen. It was just the Spirit of God moving in our hearts. Isn't that a good thing? Wouldn't that be wonderful, the Spirit of God just spontaneously? Well, guess what? He's not going to make you do anything. You have to be willing. You have to be opening your heart, saying, Lord, show me. Give me opportunities. Let me see some things. And it doesn't always have to. Listen to me carefully. Get out of your head. It has to be a need. I'm always stressing that. Don't look for someone with a need. You just obey the Lord. That's like how we do our Christmas thing. And the Lord, and every year I have to stress it. That what we do is the Lord spoke to me a number of years ago to do a, a Christmas outreach where we as the church members support it financially and we're just all pooling our money in a big offering over a period of time. And what we do is we all ask the Lord, who would he like to bless? And I always stress what? Don't look at need. Don't look at, well, I know they have a need. Ask the Lord who he wants to give it to. Now, he may pick that person. He may not. But guess what? How many of you can read people's hearts and minds? You can't. You don't have any idea what's going on in someone's personal life. Isn't it wonderful when the Lord can bless someone because we just said, yes, Lord, who do you want? You just said, here am I, Lord, send me. That's what you're doing. Here am I, Lord, send me. And the Lord puts someone on your heart and you give that to them. And what we do is provide a full meal, everything in it that they need. And you know what? I don't care what they do with it. They might just turn around and give it to another family. That's not the point. The point is obeying the Lord. The Lord wanted to bless them. And almost every single time we hear reports about how amazing that was. That that family, whether they needed it or not, it was a huge blessing. Maybe they were going through a time of difficulty saying, God, where are you? And all of a sudden you show up with this huge basket of food just in love. And it just blows them away. You understand what I'm saying? Let God be God. Let's let Him do what He loves to do. And He loves to reach out to people. And He knows more than we do. But when we only look at what we can see, that's the problem. Now, if you want to give to someone in need, guess what? You do not have to ask the Lord. In fact, if you have to ask the Lord, then you already have a problem, don't you? You don't really want to do it. But if the Lord tells me to do it, I'll do it. If you want to give to someone in a need and you see a need, then just give it to them. So in closing, listen, we gave you five points or five ways to live for Jesus when? 
When? Today. All right? We gave you five. Number one, we should look to him. Number two, learn from him. Number three, lean on him. Number four, lift with him. And number five, love as he loves.